Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today I want to talk about those first steps that need to be taken when you arrive home with your new cat. But before we do that, I want to welcome and introduce my handsome husband and co-host to this podcast, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, my beautiful love, and hello to all of you in the great big cat world. We're here talking about all these wonderful cat topics as usual. My beautiful wife does all the research and she finds great information on topics you send in or topics that she comes up with on her own. So, wow. But I think we start off with a bonding tip of the week, right? Yep. Our bonding tip of the week is sponsored by Vitacraft. They're makers of the yummiest cat treats out there, and they, they really care about your cat. That's why they sponsor a bonding tip of the week. They thought, how do we help people bond with their cats better, other than just making really quality, you know, treat products? So... Thanks to Vitacraft for this bonding tip of the week. And the bonding tip of the week is pray play with your cat often. Yeah, (laughs) I hear that a lot. So how does pray play make a cat bond with you better? It's a remote activity where you aren't even touching your cat. Well, yeah, but, you know, sometimes cats don't like to be touched all the time. You know, we tend to anthropomorphize onto cats Whoa, that's we a big would word. like. <laughs> okay, so anthropomorphize means that I'm projecting my human feelings and emotions, you know, for humans onto another species like cats. You know, like, wow. you know, we think of someone puts a hand on you, puts an arm around you or touches your shoulder with their hand, you know, that we feel like as people that creates an intimate bonding, you know, which is what we want with cats. But, you know, it it just doesn't always work that way with cats. Not all cats are comfortable being touched, certainly not as often as we think we want to touch them. But they are fully aware of who is at the other end of that prey on that wand toy. You know, cats prefer to be hunting you know, pretty much all the time or playing like they're hunting. And, you know, they don't want to be playing by themselves with a static toy. How you pray play is as important as actually doing it. We have a whole podcast on that that explains how to move the wand to simulate prey and allowing your cat that opportunity to stalk it, chase it, pounce on it, struggle with it, and then kill that toy. You know, that that will release energy and actually make them seek you out for playtime, hence more bonding. And I recommend you, the other thing is, put that wand toy away when you're not prey playing, right? And I recommend you prey play with your cat a minimum of two times a day for about 10 minute sessions. It doesn't need to be a, a marathon thing. That's great. Now tell us about arriving home with a new cat. 
haven't we done this topic before? That kind of sounds familiar. Well, we have. Um, we've done what to do before you get a new cat or kitten and how to introduce a new cat to your resident pets, but never what actually to do, you know, immediately after the cat arrives home. And this topic was actually suggested by um, Yole from Milan, Italy. And yes, we have listeners all over the globe. And uh, Yole has been one to send in several topics. And she wrote to me, she said, Dear Molly, just a quick suggestion for one of your next podcasts. The first crucial steps to be taken arriving home with an adopted cat. I don't mean the introduction process to a resident cat. Volunteering at the shelter, I realized that too many people don't know what to do or not to do to avoid stress, fear, and anxiety in cats and humans. They have no idea of how long it might take. And they think that it's all about opening the carrier and the magic will come. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it will. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Here comes your cat. Jumping out of there. Like a jack-in-a-box. Like a jack-in-a-box. Pew! (laughs) And don't you do something for the shelters that talks about this? Yeah, yeah. I I actually have a handout that I I share with shelters and rescue groups that's really helpful. And it's called the 333 Expectation Sheet. And it's so important to give these to new new adopters. It, It cuts down on returns. You know, people expect their cat to be themselves, you know, from day one, but that's not at all what happens with cats. Cats are such highly territorial creatures. Once they're taken out of their home environment, wherever that is, you know, maybe they've been in the shelter so long that home to them is a shelter setting. You know, maybe they've come from someone's home or the streets or, you know, or, or a foster home or something like that, wherever they have had to carve out their corner of the world. And we plop them down into a new, unfamiliar territory. You know, fear and stress sets in, it it has to. And, you know, for the first three days, they feel overwhelmed. You know, they might feel fear and uncertainty. They may not eat or drink, and they may just shut down and hide. You know, some actually test the boundaries of their environment at this point, you know, desperately trying to escape and things like that. Okay, so three whole days of those anxious feelings. What's the next three days or what does the next three stand for? Yeah, it's not actually, it's not the next three days. Glad you said that because that's kind of the whole point of this. It's three days, three weeks and three months. Hence the title, 333. Three, three. So ah, it takes... See, I had all my threes mixed up. You're thinking three days for this and three, <laughs> three days, days for that. that and three days like nine days. Day, nine yeah, days. Yeah. That cat will be settled in. And, you know, that's probably longer than most people That was think. the way my math was working. Right. <laughs> no, it takes three weeks for the cat to just become comfortable with the routines in the house. You know, what... What noises are there and when do they happen and when does the food come and when do the people come and go and things like that. And it's not until three weeks later that your cat really starts settling in and feeling more comfortable with your new environment and, you know, settles into that home routine. And you might start at this point to see his true personality and, yes, at this point, you know, this is where some behavior issues might start to emerge. 
And you're suggesting it takes three months for them to fully settle in? Yeah, it's often three months before he feels completely comfortable in your home and trusting of you and the environment. You know, cats don't show emotion on the surface. It's not like dogs. They don't, you know, they, they kind of protect their feelings. So they might appear happy to you, but underneath that cool, calm exterior can be a lot of anxiousness going on. And it's, it's important, I think, for everybody to educate themselves so that you can have empathy about how your new cat might really be feeling. Yes, I could see everyone in the house is excited about having a new cat. And if you have kids, the kids want to sleep with them and you're fighting over and they're probably fighting over who gets to hold the new cat. It could be very overwhelming for that new guy. Yeah, it is. And you know, space is the first thing you should respect when you're bringing home a new cat. You need to create a smaller space for the cat, a, a sanctuary room, we call it. And this is a place where they can settle in, at least for those first three days. Let them hear what's going on in the rest of the house from that point, you know, first. Um, yeah, home office is a good place to set up a sanctuary room. Any room where you are already spending time, that's ideal. You know, maybe it's a bedroom, studio, whatever. And if not, if you don't have anything like that, you can actually cordon off for the rest of the house. Then go into that sanctuary room often, even if it's just watch TV or read a book or something like that. And if the cat's hiding, it's important not to force them out of where they're hiding from. You know, you can't force them to feel more confident than they are. You know, they, they may be just the opposite and, you know, actively digging at the carpet under the door trying to get out. You know, that's the testing boundaries part. But don't give in. It's best for everyone that the cat spend those first three days in the sanctuary room. Okay, so is a sanctuary room like a man cave where you've got the billiards <laughs> and you got the pool table, you got the TV, you got uh, all keg that. Keg of beer, keg on of tap. beer, yeah, you got all that. Uh -huh. yeah. You, you got to have catnip on tap. Yeah, right? yeah. So what should a sanctuary room have in it? <laughs> a sanctuary worm. A sanctuary worm. <laughs> a worm. A worm. A sanctuary room. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, catnip on tap, billiards. No. <laughs> you want to put clothes in there. This is something people don't think about. Clothes in there that smell like you, like a nightshirt or, you know, maybe you line a, the bed that you've made for them with a T-shirt or something like that, a dirty T-shirt, of course. So anything that smells like you so that they can also be getting used to your scent, you know, you want to make sure there's catnip in there. If you can't put it on tap, then just make sure you get them a good catnip toy <laughs> or catnip sprinkles or something like that. Toys, of course, and, and all the things that cats need, you know, litter box and blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, that's really, you know, what a, the other podcasts we have done about this topic are is, is what to buy and how to set up for that cat before you ever get home. Okay. So you get the cat home, you let it out of the carrier into the sanctuary room yep. with all that cool stuff. Okay, and then what? Well, you bring up a good point, actually. Um, I didn't think about this till you just said it. It just dawned on me. Before we ever let it out of the carrier, we need to back up 
to when you pick up the cat from the shelter, you know, there's a lot of potential stressors and opportunities for long-term behavior problems along that first ride. So if you can, you're going to want to purchase a top-loading carrier before you go pick up your cat and take it with you if you're cat shopping. So in case you find a cat you want and you got your carrier and you're ready to go. And I say top-loading because this should be your new cat's transport case. And it's going to be much more friendly at the vet's office for them, you know, if he can just leave your cat in the carrier and they can simply remove the top of it for the exam. You also want to line that carrier with clothing that smells like you. And, and not good clothing, obviously, because the cat might get scared in the car and pee or poop on it. And that's natural. Don't, don't get surprised if your cat pees or poops in the carrier on the way home. That's a natural fight or flight response for cats and really for any creatures that are feeling stress. But a really important thing is to cover that carrier in the car. And this is another place where people tend to anthropomorphize or put human emotions onto cats. You know, we think the cats are going to feel better if they can see out and see where they're going, but it's just the opposite. We want to cover that carrier with a sheet or towels so that the cat feels secure. And whatever you do, don't let the cat out in the car. You know, kids are especially so excited. They want to hold the cat on the way home and the cat is freaking out. And it's going to associate the people and the smell of those people with that really scary experience. And there's not much you can do to make a car ride less stressful on cats. So simply understand that it's super stressful and don't add to that or get yourself anchored to that experience. Otherwise, every time, this is where recall comes into play, every time that cat sees or smells you, those feelings of fear are going to return. And this is not a good way to start off your lifelong relationship with a new pet. Okay, those are really good points. I can see that right now. And things I wouldn't have even considered. So that's really good information. Okay, so now that you brought a top-loading carrier, and you set up the sanctuary room, once you get home, you just let them out and leave them alone? Well, sort of, yes. <clears throat> let him out in the room. He needs, you know, he'll have lots of time to explore the rest of the house later. There's no, no need to rush things. But what I want you to do is set that carrier down and really not down, but ideally put it on the top of a desk or a dresser so that it's up high and open the doors, both the top for the top loading part and the front door. I like to secure those with mini bungee cords so that they can't slam shut, you know, by accident and just let the cat come out of the carrier on his own. He might dart out he might stay in the carrier for hours. Don't force any activity on him that he doesn't initiate himself. And you can just sit quietly and let him get used to your smells. You know, if he's very social, he might be coming up, he might, you know, pop out and rub up against you, you know, making you and all the things in the room smell like him. That, that's what cats do to increase feelings of security. And that's really a good sign that a cat is feeling at home when they start rubbing on things. 
But if you've adopted a cat that's feeling a little unsure or maybe has had a history of not much contact with humans, that cat might get out and hide under the bed. And if you don't want that, it's okay to go ahead and block the underside of the bed before the cat ever gets home. You know, and you just sit in there and be with him for a bit, you know, play games on your phone or call a friend or something like that. That's a good idea, really, so that the cat can (laughs) get used to your voice, Mm -hmm. you know, the sound of your voice. You're just sitting there on the floor talking while the cat's exploring the new room. Okay, so how long do you leave the carrier in there? And what else do you need to do during those first three days? Well, I'd leave the carrier in his environment permanently. You know, he might actually sleep in it. He might never go in it again. But this is an opportunity for him to get used to it and for that carrier not to be associated with scary things forever. You know, it, it usually if you pull out that carrier, cats go running. It becomes associated with that vet office visit and negative things like the scary car rides. But it doesn't need to be that way. If you put treats in the carrier from time to time, you know, that kind of thing gets them used to it. So during those first three days, it's important that you begin to establish a strict routine, especially revolving around mealtime. Cats feel more secure when they're fed in meals, right, versus free feeding. And when those meals come very predictably at the same time every day, they feel much more secure. We have lots of podcasts on what to feed your cat and, you know, take this opportunity to get your cat on the right track nutritionally and feed a quality canned food. It might cost you a few more bucks, you know, but you're going to save that at the end on vet bills down the road. And you'll want to indulge your cat with lots of treats. You know, this is, these are the basics of positive reinforcement. You're You're building a positive experience associated with you, not scary ones. If you have kids, you know, teach them that the sanctuary room is a quiet zone. Let them give your cats treats too. And it's one of the reasons I really like Vitacraft's lick and lap sticks because I use them in the shelter for the same reason. It allows you to hand feed your cat without having your cat actually eat out of your hand. You know, so you rip off the top and this wonderful treat is there and, you know, they they take it from the pack and not your hand. Because if you try to hand feed, sometimes if your your hand then begins smelling like food, they're going to get confused and and may bite you and you scream and that's going to scare them. And then we got another scary, you know, association with you rather than a comforting one. So try, you know, giving them treats and having your kids give them treats, but, you know, from a, from a distance, I would also leave quiet classical music on in that room, especially when your cat's alone in the room or cat TV, go on YouTube and just Google cat TV. There's all kinds of, you know, squirrels and birds and calming music and stuff like that. You could open windows as long as your screens are very secure, let them get a little fresh air put bird feeders up in front of the windows. So they've got some enrichment and enjoying things like that. You know, they might not eat in front of you at this, at this point in these first three days, and that's okay. Give them plenty of alone time in those first three days, but not too much. You know, ideally you'd want to go in there every hour and spend, you know, maybe 10 minutes 
you know, or work, you know, if it's in your home office, just go in there and work your eight hours from there. Okay. So, and at what point do you pray play with them? You mentioned that in the beginning in the bonding tip. And I assume it's something you'll want to do to bond more with your cat, right? Yeah. Talk about that a lot. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. That was our bonding tip today. Pray play. And I would start to introduce the wand toy in the fourth or fifth day. The cat's going to enjoy it. And if not yet that early, then at some point they'll enjoy it. So keep giving him the opportunity, especially if the cat's hiding. You know, you don't ever want to drag a cat out from under a bed, but it's okay, perfectly okay to lure that cat out from under the bed with a wand toy. Okay, so what about scratching posts? I assume you'll want a scratching post in the sanctuary room right next to the billiards or the pool table. <laughs> or and catnip on, <laughs> catnip on tap. On tap. Uh, and then move it into the permanent place later on. When the cat starts coming out, uh, would they use it more that way? Um, but that's a good point. I would put a scratching post in the sanctuary room and, and leave it there, you know, like, permanently. And then I would add another one in a strategic location somewhere in the rest of the home. You know, remember that a cat scratching is like them rubbing on things. You know, they scent rub with the side of their cheeks to make you and all the items smell like them, which is sort of like claiming you as their territory. And it's a good and honorable thing to have a cat rub against you, (laughs) you know, but cats also have scent glands between their toes and so scratching is scenting their territory, marking their zones, basically. So scratching posts should be placed by doors and windows because usually a cat's going to scratch furniture that's near access points to the outside where it might see other cats. Okay. And at what point do we let him or her explore the rest of the house? That's a good question. I'd say no earlier than day four. And that really depends a lot on the cat. Some cats are overconfident, highly social, and they're going to want to go explore the rest of the house quickly. If the cat is still hiding, then it's not time yet. Wait until they are fully comfortable in the sanctuary room before letting them out. And, and I, what I mean by that is when you walk in, if they go dive and hide or they duck behind something or they're having, you know, anxiety posture and in their behavior, then it's too soon. But um, it's ideal if you can let them explore the rest of the house in stages. So like if it's a two-story home and the sanctuary room is upstairs, then block the access to the stairwell that leads down to the first floor and just let them explore the upstairs. And like if you have a, a basement, same thing. Maybe they just explore the basement first or, you know, that kind of thing. So if you can do it in smaller incremental stages rather than just going from a sanctuary room to, okay, here's 3000 more feet, you know, feet to check out. It's better. Okay. So what if the cat is never comfortable? What if you wanted a really social cat and the one you happen to adopt is hiding all the time? Well, first give it time, but you know, you should really spend as much time as possible with the cat before adopting it. I mean, if you can talk to the fosters and caregivers so that you've got a really good understanding of, you know, what that cat's behavior was like at the adoption facility and, you know, or foster home or whatever. And, you know, that too might not be uh, permanent personality, but 
if they were shy in the shelter or the foster home, it's very possible they're going to always be shy. I mean, it's important to remember that just like people, every cat is an individual and they each have their own personalities. And it's really important you just allow them to be who they are. Don't force your expectations upon them. It's kind of like dating and marriage, you know, it, it, it goes a lot smoother if you just accept the person for who they are and not try to change them. That's a very good point. And always these, it's your message and your information and the topics are just amazing. And I just look up to you, Molly, for all of the, that you've done for so many years uh, going back. I mean, decades and decades back that you have built upon and you've gotten a lot of information and you've done such a great job. And I could see this being very helpful to anybody that's out there who's going through some of this. And so we hope everyone has a long, happy, healthy life with their new cat. Everybody. Absolutely. absolutely. And we really want to thank Yole for sending this topics and the suggestion, because it's always good to have someone send us something or send Molly something so she can dive into it. It makes it easier for her to think about it, do the research on it, and then do one of these podcasts. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have topics that you would like to hear about, just email them to molly at cattalkradio.com and she'll jump on it. And I want to invite everybody to help support the, the work that we do. You know, we provide this podcast and many other resources for free. And I work a lot of behavior cases for free for low-income cat parents that just can't afford to hire help. And I do anything I can think of to keep cats out of shelters. So if you also share that concern about cats being in shelters, then consider sending us a gratuity or tip or a donation. Just any small donation amount will help. You just go to our store at catbehaviorsolutions.com or .org. We have both of those. And go to the store and down below all the products, there are different donation amounts that you can add to your cart. And while you're there, and go ahead and pick up some of the toys that are out there for your cat while, you, you know, while you're there. I mean, take us cruise through the store and take a look at some of that stuff. Uh, we have some great wand toys, catnip bags, and those wonderful VitaCraft, which is that great company that does cat treats. And this is a better, this, they do a lot of good cat treats to help you better bond with your new cat. So, and I understand that it's free shipping for orders that are over $49. Be sure to go out there on Facebook and follow us on Instagram also. This is an all-volunteer-based podcast to help you take better care of your cat and increase the bond between you and your kitty. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. 
toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.